We know that jobs of today are unlikely to be the same jobs of the future, and we need to ensure that we are supporting an education and workforce pipeline that helps to fill these future jobs. Welcome to episode three of Region Ahead, a podcast from SimCog, the Southeast Michigan Council of Governments. I'm Chris Williams. And I'm Trevor Layton. Today, we'll be talking to Kevin Vitrano, Manager of Plan Implementation for SimCog, about the economy. In case you missed it, we also covered some major issues affecting the economy in our last episode when we spoke with Xuan Lu about regional development forecasts for Southeast Michigan. Check that out to learn about how trends related to population growth and demographic makeup, spoiler alert, we're getting older, fast, technology and transportation may affect what our region looks like over the next 25 years. A few years ago, SEMCOG and its partner organization, the Metropolitan Affairs Coalition, adopted Partnering for Prosperity, which is the region's comprehensive economic development strategy. This strategy is a tool that Southeast Michigan's leaders, including local government officials, can use to strengthen both local development as well as our regional economy. There are three major themes that this strategy is built on. These are community assets, business climate, and talent and innovation. Kevin is joining us today to share an update on how the region is progressing in these areas. Kevin, thanks for being here. Great to be here. Before we get into the specifics of how this regional strategy can help to maintain and strengthen our economy, could you set the stage a little bit? After the recession of the late 2000s and Michigan's previous near decade of job loss, it seems like things have improved. Is this the case? And if so, how do we know? When we look at the major regional economic indicators, things are indeed improving and have been for the last few years. Let me give you a couple examples. In measuring our economy, knowing if our gross domestic product or GDP is increasing or decreasing is important. Our GDP is the measure of the market value of our goods and services produced in the region. To put it simply, if the region's GDP is increasing, the goods and services we produce are becoming worth more money. As a result of the Great Recession, our GDP bottomed out in 2009. Since then, it's been steadily climbing in fact, last year we reached levels not seen since 2005. Another major indicator is obviously income. The region's per capita income, or the average income earned per person, has been increasing as well, recovering from a low of 42,000 in 2009 to over 51,000 currently. These are both great signs, but it's also vital that our workplace is employed. As a state, both our unemployment rate and underutilization rate have been dropping significantly. We prefer to look at the underutilization rate because it not only includes those that are unemployed, but it also measures those that have stopped looking for employment, as well as part-time workers that are seeking full-time employment. In fact, the state's underutilization rate is at its 15-year historic low at 9.1%. The final major regional indicator looks at construction trends specifically new buildings and redevelopment of existing buildings. In 2017, the region added over 11 million square feet of non-residential construction, the most since the year 2000. Okay, so those, those all sound like really good things and, and like we're on a, on a solid path. Um, but when I hear about things like unemployment rates and, and GDP, they kind of feel like these huge market trends that are global in nature, sort of in the realm of Amazon, NAFTA, and Chinese steel tariffs. Is there really anything that can be accomplished at the local or regional level that can really improve our outlook? Are we really all just at the whim of these vast forces that are beyond our control? We often say here at SEMCOG that no one person, government, or organization is in charge of the economy. And that really is true. While it's great that the more traditional measures of economic success are moving in the right direction, 
how we market and enhance our communities and neighborhoods is equally important. I'm not sure if most people in the region know, but we are home to over 500 miles of regional trails for hiking and biking and over 450 miles of water trails. Let me say that again. There are nearly 1,000 miles of trails that are in our own backyard to do everything from kayaking to biking to horseback riding to cross-country skiing or simply taking the family for a pleasant stroll through nature. So I don't, I don't know that we typically think of our natural resources assets as something that could entice you know, more of a tourism economy in Southeast Michigan, but is, is that something that you're thinking about? We recently launched the Southeast Michigan Trail Explorer tool, which hopefully helps move us in the right direction. This new tool will provide 360 degree virtual imagery of our parks and our trails, both on water and on land. Think Google Street View, but much cooler. And instead of seeing a road, you're able to view some of the state's most beautiful and scenic locations. In addition to these wonderful linear trails, think the Detroit Riverwalk or the Wadhams to Avoca Trail in St. Clair County or paddling along the River Raisin in Monroe. Our region is home to over 2,600 parks. Everything from local tot lot, neighborhood playgrounds, to the massive state and regional park systems such as Stony Creek Metro Park or Pickney State Rec Area. Similar to Trail Explorer, those interested in planning their next family picnic or nature walk can learn about these 2,600 parks through Semcog's Park Finder mobile application. Wow, so that's really cool. And those two applications, Park Finder and Trail Explorer, actually work together. And one thing when I've used them that I found really neat, and you mentioned Google Street View, you can also think of it a little bit like Google Map. Uh, so instead of planning, you know, a, a trip across the country, I can I can plan my recreational outing, and and by going into Park Finder, I can not only see where I can launch my kayak, but where the nearest uh, park which has a public restroom uh, is available. That's true. Um, between both tools, the Park Finder and Trail Explorer, our hope is that residents plan their next trip and better understand what amenities our trails have and our parks. If people don't already have it, um, where can they find it? Um, just simply search for Southeast Michigan Park Finder in the Google Play Store, or if you're using an Apple device, the App Store. We know that access to green space and parks for recreation, or simply getting in touch with nature, are things that residents want in their community. So from an economic development standpoint, these destinations help to both retain and attract residents, as well as being major draws for tourism. They also have a tangible economic benefit. For example, a recent study of the Huron River Water Trail found that over $53 million is spent annually on recreation along the river. That's huge for the local economy. Communities that are proactive in creating places where people want to spend time and providing the amenities to safely and comfortably walk and bike is related to our economy. These are places that are not only commercial centers where goods and services are bought and sold, but also places where people want to be in to simply see and be seen. The good news is that across the board, we are seeing communities invest in and reinvest, and in some cases, create places. The term placemaking is often used, and for good reason. At the regional level, we are looking to ensure that we are providing and supporting a diverse set of places from small towns, dynamic urban centers, and natural and more rural areas. All right, Kevin, those are really great points. Um, I admit it's easy to forget about how quality of life factors impact economic growth, and Southeast Michigan is full of natural and cultural resources. And in order for us to access and benefit from these resources, we rely on safe and maintained roads and bridges, as well as utilities, 
such as gas, water, and electricity. So how does infrastructure fit into the bigger picture of our economy? Maintaining and supporting our infrastructure at all levels of government is vital. The foundation on which our communities and economy rest is literally on our infrastructure systems, whether it's our transportation network, water and sewer systems, utilities, or telecommunications. On the transportation side, we all know that more funding is needed to maintain and improve the quality of our roads. Reliable transportation supports our economy, whether it's connecting workers to jobs or transporting freight and materials. This investment in infrastructure and ensuring it meets the needs of residents and businesses can be seen at all scales. Not only the multi-billion dollar mega projects, think the Gordie Howe International Bridge, which is an excellent example of a project that has huge impact on both the regional, state, and national economy as over 400,000 people and over $2 million in commerce cross our U.S.-Canada border each so year. So you're saying those trucks that are just streaming across the bridge each day aren't just contributing to traffic and headaches? <laughs> nope, they're doing great things for our economy. However, there are smaller, much more local projects that have significant impact. One example is transforming roadways into more complete streets that offer increased accessibility for all residents, whether they walk, bike, or drive. Think places like Ferndale or Mount Clemens, Ypsilanti, Plymouth, or Ann Arbor. Making these places more comfortable and accessible to all users results in generally more investment and higher volumes of commercial activity. Large-scale roadway reconstruction and design projects are also vital, such as Mound Road between I-696 and M-59 in Macomb County. This project, titled Innovate Mound, will completely change the corridor for increased safety and mobility, as well as enhanced technology for connected vehicles, or the modernization of I-75 in Oakland County, which will include the region's first HOV, or high-occupancy vehicle lanes, or what most may refer to as carpool lanes, reserve lanes for two or more passengers. These are just two of the many projects that will help to enhance the way we are able to move through the region and allow for better efficiencies in freight and on-time deliveries. Okay, so that's all really relevant to the economy, but I think the first thing most of us think about when we think about the economy is its impact on us in the form of a job. Questions like, can I find a job? Is my job still going to be here in five years? What kind of job will my kids have in 15 years? So what can be done at the local and regional level to help ensure that there's going to be enough work to go around? While we may not know what job your child will have in 15 years, we do develop a 2045 forecast and explorer tool that allows you to view the long-range forecast of population, households, and jobs at the regional, county, community, and small area levels. In other words, if you're interested in how a community's population or jobs will change over the next 25 years, or if you'd like to know how many housing units are expected, this map has it. That said, we do know that jobs of the future are very likely to be different than today, and certainly different from as recent as five or 10 years ago. To address this, SEMCOG is currently convening a future skills task force that brings together business, employers, education, labor, and government to identify in-demand skills in an economy that is being transformed by technology. At the local level, communities are developing resources to make sure that they are attracting and retaining businesses and jobs. For example, in the city of Southfield, they recently launched a business catalyst tool, which provides entrepreneurs and small businesses access to information for effective business decision-making, including details of available properties, competition, workforce, and industry trends. 
This is an excellent example of the needed partnership between public and private to ensure we are working together to support business attraction and retention. At the state level, the MEDC's Redevelopment Ready Communities Program is a great resource for communities interested in attracting new investors, businesses, and residents through a strategic community-driven approach to development. This voluntary no-cost certification program is designed to promote effective redevelopment strategies through a set of best practices that plan for new investment and reinvestment. At this time, the region has 10 certified redevelopment-ready communities and another 45 that are in the pipeline for becoming certified. And for those communities who might not already be involved in that process, I think I heard SEMCOG actually has some workshops coming up. They do, Trevor. We have two workshops, or what we call SEMCOG universities, one on April 9th and another on May 8th. So please feel free to check that out on our website. For businesses to thrive, um, assets like strong transportation networks are important. Um, What else does Southeast Michigan need to attract a rich and diverse business sector? An educated workforce that's critical to our economy. As such, we need to support talent growth while also ensuring we are advancing innovation and future technology. We know that jobs of today are unlikely to be the same jobs of the future, and we need to ensure that we are supporting an education and workforce pipeline that helps to fill these future jobs. One major way this is being accomplished is through the region's smart zones, who have been leaders in growing regional capacity through collaborative tech efforts. There are several smart zones in Southeast Michigan, including Automation Alley, Ann Arbor Spark, and TechTown, each of which offer new and emerging businesses commercialized ideas, patents, and other business opportunities and research. They also provide services and space for entrepreneurs and small business startups. When we talk about diversifying our business sectors, we know that future mobility is an important one. Later this month, SEMCOG will be looking to adopt the region's 2045 Regional Transportation Plan, which among other things, will be highlighting the importance of emerging technologies and future mobility. State, county, and local road agencies are increasingly using intelligent transportation systems to enable safe and more efficient travel, including equipment that is able to communicate with new connected vehicles. At the same time, as this exciting, although be it somewhat frightening, new feature of travel becomes a reality, we need to ensure that our workforce is both educated, connected, and ready to step up for these jobs. SEMCOG and our sister organization, the Metropolitan Affairs Coalition, have been leaders in this area. Wow, so you've shared a lot of examples, Kevin, of how players throughout Southeast Michigan are already working towards making us a stronger region. As we move forward, is there anything else that needs to be added to the mix when we think about and prepare for changes to our economy? There is. In fact, this spring, SEMCOG will begin to lay the groundwork for updating our 2016 economic development strategy by gaining input into the priorities and future issues facing the region. Let me give a couple of examples that we know are challenges this updated strategy will need to include. While we are seeing greater interest in businesses locating in Southeast Michigan, there is currently a lack of available space for corporate headquarters and industrial facilities. Conversely, the changing face of retail with the rise of internet sales and services has impacted our local retail markets. In short, the way we've shopped and purchased goods and services has changed. And as such, we need to make sure that our land use and the way we develop and market land changes as well. This is especially true with the growing need for larger distribution centers. One of SEMCOG's bread and butter programs is our demographic forecasting work. 
Our 2045 forecast, as mentioned previously, shows us that there will be a significant change in the relationship between jobs and population. The issue was about creating jobs because we had more people needing to work than available jobs. Moving forward, this will shift to identifying where workers will come from as there will be fewer prime working age people than jobs available. As such, it is very important to develop our workforce, particularly training and attracting workers with the skills needed for a future economy. Our forecast also shows that by 2026, there will be more seniors, those over the age of 65, than children for the first time in our region's history. This likely tells us two things. We will need to tap into underutilized segments of our existing labor force and attract talent from the rest of the world to support our future prosperity. We'll look forward to learning more about those things as work ramps up for our next economic development strategy. Thanks so much for talking with us today, Kevin. It's been my pleasure. This has been SEMCOG's Region Ahead. Thanks for joining us as we consider the important issues that affect Southeast Michigan. You can learn more about economic development in Southeast Michigan at SEMCOG.org. Thanks also to Kevin Vitrano, SEMCOG's Manager of Plan Implementation, for joining us today. Region Ahead is available on Google, Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, and the SEMCOG website.